You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. It's that series-long adaptation of Invincible with Mark Wahlberg we've been waiting for. Ooh, finally. Oh, my God. Yeah, the <laughs> epic continuation of that guy's quest to be on the Eagles or whatever that movie's about. It's clearly a continuation of The Gang Gets Invincible. And my mother's fine, Mark. <laughs> Shut up. Nobody stop asking about her. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my goodness. His name's Mark. Yeah, it counts. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is not related to It's Always Sunny Philadelphia or the Mark Wahlberg film. This is the adaptation of the Robert Kirkman comic, Invincible, which, yeah, this is almost a 20-year-old comic property, right? Yeah. 2003. Wow. Who would have thunk? Yeah, so now we have this uh, this show from Amazon, and it's an animated show, which I I like that it's animated. It gives them a lot more freedom to do the insanely violent crap they do in this show. Oh, my God, so much. That's mild, putting it lightly. <laughs> oh, yeah. But hey, everybody, my name is Justin. I'm hosting on this review. And my co host here, we got Jamarco. Hey. Hi. We got Mark over here. Hello, hello. How are you doing? And we got Mike. Yeah, and my little invincible figure. Yay. <laughs> oh, nice. The people the people who can't see this just pretend it's not a Marky Mark figure. <laughs> yeah, you should have gotten the uh, violent, bloodied one. I, I considered yeah. it. I actually may still do Just that ble- later. Beat uh, to a bloody pole. Yo, Grayson, how's your mother? Tell her I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Mark, you want to be a superhero? What's going on? What's, so what's how's your about? mother for me? <laughs> I, I swear, with the triple A-list cast they have in this, Mark Wahlberg should appear at some point in this show. Just be another character somewhere. Season two. There's a character I'm thinking of, but I don't want to say anything because it spoils hey, later Mark, on. what's this? What's your costume? <laughs> Jamarcus is doing a great imitation there. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I was watching it. Ted well, earlier. Oh, okay. Well, for people yeah. who are not familiar with Invincible, which I'm surprised there's you know quite a few people before the show who didn't know much about this comic, which I'm kind of included. I knew Invincible existed, but I never actually read the comic before this point. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Mike, since you're pretty well versed in this stuff, why don't you give us a little short synopsis? What is Invincible about? Yeah, so the main plot of Invincible, it's about uh, it's about the son of the, the world's greatest superhero, or at least the world's strongest superhero, which is Omni-Man. And one day he gains his superpowers. And so once he gains the superpowers, he's now thrust into the world of being a superhero and having to deal with the, the, the things that can happen when being a superhero, whether it be, you know, like having to protect your identity while trying to date somebody or also having to fight a giant tiger man who will beat the ever-living fuck out of you <laughs> kind of thing you know, and, just a regular day and, yeah. and in the meantime you know he's joined by a, a different set of cast of characters like uh like his many friends like explode adam eve robot uh monster girl a number of different people his dad as well as uh, a a whole slew of villains that pop up here and there. Um, it's eight episodes, 
and it's not for kids. And I will outright say that. No, no. <laughs> please don't watch this. No, do not show this to a small child unless you really want to pay for therapy later down the line. Especially the end of episode one. Yeah, that's the funny thing. The first episode there isn't a whole lot graphic until the last like seven minutes, and then it just oh, goes full blown like visceral, gory nonsense. You know the memes. There's so many YouTube reactions of people who they're like, "Oh, I've never heard of this Invincible," and then it always ends with them like with their hands over their mouth, like, "Oh, oh my Seems god!" Seems like a fun <laughs> little lark. Yep, could be better than innocent little superheroes. Yeah. Oh, comic books. I like those. Yeah. yeah Invincible. <laughs> what the such fuck? A, was, oh my yeah, god. Exactly. Invincible was such a niche thing when I was when I was growing up that like I discovered it kind of late compared to, to, you know, some people who were early adopters of it. Same here. I discovered it in like 2008 or yeah. so, or I was like 2008, 2009, a friend of mine uh, that I knew in high school, we were, we were finally out and about in like actual comic book shop territory. So we can now discover different things instead of like walking through a, a Walden's books and hoping that maybe there was something neat there. That was my high school experience. My high school had a really cool comic book section because that was the first time I read Invincible and Watchmen. <laughs> and, okay. Right? So, like, getting into that back-to-back was a big deal, but I really dug Invincible, because it was like, when I was watching it, I said it's about the show. It's like the Raimi Spider-Man formula, but, like, turned up to a thousand. So, like, that's yeah. what really intrigued me about it. And, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy that it's getting not only the praise from critics, but, like, just seeing normal people getting into not only the show and then going back and wanting to read the entire series. So, yeah, when yeah. Walking Dead started, I was very much like people who, who were always really excited about it, and I was like, I'm just waiting for Invincible to be a thing. Me too, me and too. And people were like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, dude, <laughs> you have no idea. Like, oh, man. One, of the, one day you'll find out. You'll find out exactly why I'm so obsessed with this thing, and they did. I've been a fan of the series for almost as long as it's been out, for almost 20 years. And that little that little twist ending that you got after like about 45 minutes that took seven issues it was all it was all exact it was like innocent except there were some weird things coming up and you didn't know and then all of a sudden at the end of issue 7 i think it was issue 7 that that little that little twist took seven issues and it was a shock yes and then later on when the uh, culmination of that whole plotline came which was i think issue 12 you were just, it was stunning how graphic it was and how it didn't pull punches, literally. <laughs> the weird thing about the book is it goes back to those innocent little lark things and, the, and it, it's still doing the family stuff. <laughs> exactly. People are still dating, characters are still getting established, and then something horrible happens again. And, it, and, and it's this weird cycle. Yeah, the, my favorite thing about Invincible um, was the art in, in the original comic, or not, at, at, least, at least after the first artist, because there's. There's two different distinct specific artists in the beginning, Corey Walker in the beginning, and then after that, it's Ryan Otley. And the funny thing about Ryan Otley is that after Invincible ended, he started writing, he started drawing for The Amazing Spider-Man with Nick Spencer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, every, and I was so, like, trained to get used to explain, like, giant amounts of blood with that artist <laughs> that I keep expecting it to happen in a Spider-Man comic. <laughs> Although that would be radical. You think, I, you think Otley was bored? Like, oh Jesus! Come on! My, I don't know. Like, Wait, I no dismemberment. Oh, Somebody sucks. open a vein up, seriously. Like, there's uh-huh. still some blood stuff. Like, I, but like, it's never ever gets to the the amount of detail of gore that happens in that show. How could it? Yeah. Well, to, uh, to talk about the show too. In this back context, to the show. So yeah, like yeah, like we said, this is animated, and 
it's interesting because Kirkman actually is serving as one of the writers on this show. He wrote the first and last episode, which explains a lot, actually. Yes. Yeah, um, clearly. So this is one that his, you know, him and his production company, Skybound, are very deeply involved with the production of this. And I'm, I want to get this out of the way just because this has been a big sticking point to a lot of people. While we say that it's really good that it is animated, my one of my only few things I, I'm not crazy about this show is that the animation quality sometimes it's a little inconsistent because i get it it's a limited animation they don't have the biggest budget in the world but it was less the actual design of the characters and those things in the foreground but more the stuff in the background and some of the weird choices for how they animate certain people which was really odd i mean am i out of line saying that no like it's the one giant glaring issue i have with the entire show is that there's so many weird animation sequences that you're just like how did this get past anybody (laughs) like there's 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 one that i keep pointing out to which is that um there's a scene i want to say it's like an episode three maybe uh four actually or or is it four where like debbie and nolan go to like go to italy oh yeah for like a date and the backgrounds on their conversation is so bad that it looks like a hanna-barbera cartoon kind of thing just doing walk cycles like yeah and and it's this heartfelt kind of sequence which makes it even weirder because you're like this feels like this is supposed to be a more important scene than this well because then you have the you know very animated 2d characters in the foreground and then the background you see this like weird like kind of rendered 3d people moving at different frame rates than them it's like yeah exactly getting weirdly imbalanced with this and like and it's even like that in the last episode which is like such a heavy action-oriented episode Mm -hmm. they still have sequences like that where you're like that looks really weird (laughs) it almost pulls you out of it entirely Yeah, there's people missing outlines in certain scenes too i'm just like wait that part when they had the big fight with the seismic dude i'm like there's like four characters here in the cracking of the reception center that just flat out don't have borders around their outlines. Yeah. You know, just like, what is going on there? Well, maybe it's like Spider-Verse and it's intentional. It might, it might very well be intentional because if you, if you ever read the book, they used to play around with tropes like using the same panel artwork over and over again and they would actually talk oh, about it. a gag with that in the comic. Right? Oh. And, they, and, and they go, wow, that seems like a really bad way to, cheat, uh, to cheapen the comic and, you know, and chintz out the, uh, the readership. And then it'd be like three, said the same panels, it goes, yeah. And it was, it, I so lost it the first time I read that part. If they had the sense of humor to do that, they who knows? Maybe they were doing it intentionally. I want to uh, just give a shout out to the main reason way back that captured my attention to the show, and it is this cast. Holy shit. What a voice cast. That's Stephen Young, Sandra O, oh, J.K. Simmons, Zazie Beats, Gillian Jacobs, Jason Manzoukas, Zachary Quinto, Mae Whitman. I can go on and on, but like Walton Goggins, Mahershala Ali. It's like a wish list of just amazing. Seth Rogen pops Carrie up. Carrie Payton. Carrie Payton, Cyborg himself. Like, like, like half the cast of Walking Dead is in this show. Yes. <laughs> so many. And they're all putting their heart into it. It is an A-game performance for every one of them. J.K. Simmons is yeah. Omni-Man. If I can give animated shows an Emmy, I would because he's just... Right? He's the goat. He's perfect. He's just so good. He's so good at being a dad and then so good at being a, you know, superhero. Being J.K. Simmons. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, you know, we all know and love him from Spider-Man and everything. Like, he's just been a voice acting god forever. And I think this is probably his finest work, <laughs> both live action and animation. Agreed. I absolutely agree with all that. Yeah, and it's funny because you think that you see, like, the most A-list people in the first episode, and then every episode afterwards you get some, like, veteran character actor, you get a veteran voice actor from, like, a star. Like, like when Mahershal Ali showed up, I'm like, holy shit, it's Mahershal yeah, Ali. Yeah, just like, oh my gosh. 
Two-time Academy Award winner. Yeah, every time somebody talks, you're like, how did you get this person for this character? Oh, yeah. Kind of thing. Like, there's so many just random characters that you're like, oh, how the crap. fuck? So, and I can't wait to see the gift for season two. So. Well, and you know, what I like about that, too, is not only just the great ensemble of cast, but they really do a great job with, I would say, like, 90% of the characters all getting not just great adaptations from their source material, but even some get expanded from the source material. Like, say, like Sandra Oh as the mother. Phenomenal. Think, you know, she's barely a presence in the comic at all, you know? Yeah, Deb, Debbie gets so much to do in the show, and she's she's easily one of the best characters. She's the probably the show. heart of the show, if, you, if one was arguing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, because even, like, her, her job that she has in the beginning of the show, she doesn't... She actually has that job, but, like, way later in the comic. Because in the comic, she's, like, a stay-at-home mm-hmm. mom. Mm-hmm. She's just a housewife. Like, outright. Or in this, she, she has her own job. She has her own, very much her own personality. She doesn't take shit from, like, anyone. Even, like, the world's strongest superhero kind of thing. It was just such a great, a great thing. Even some characters that were literal jokes became really interesting. Specifically, it was Darkblood? Detective, is it, that's what his name is. Oh, Damien Darkblood. Uh, oh, Darkblood. yes! I loved him. Yeah. Demon Detective. He was a Rorschach knockoff. He's a literal joke in the comic. Like, in the comic, there's a point where he's like, oh, I know, I was like, I'm really close to finding out who killed the Guardians of the Globe. And they're like, dude, we all, we all know who did that, like, ages ago. What's, that where have hilarious. you been? Yeah. Kind of thing. Whereas in the in the show, he's like, I'm, like, a super competent detective. And you're like, hell yeah, you oh, are. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, I hope he gets a spinoff. <laughs> Well, he, he originally was just, I mean, the, the gag was you didn't see his face, and he looks exactly like Rorschach. He's wearing the same exact outfit. Well, yeah, he, he, was, he also went Herm a lot, which is the thing <laughs> yeah, that he Yeah, he's, he's doing that coughing sound. That, yeah, and then, and then you see he's, he's got that little face with the demon face. You're like, oh, okay, whatever. No, and there's some interesting casting choices. Like, I love how Andrew Reynolds will just play the gay best friend in everything he does. But he's really you know, good at it, though. Oh, he's good at it. It's just, it's weird knowing he that he's really like a 40 something year old man playing this young teenager. Right, so I'm just that's like, true. Yeah. And then also, uh, I love that they cast Ezra Miller as actual Ezra Miller in the show. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't choke anybody, though. He got people to do the choking for him. Everyone is so, such a perfect cast that you like, I, I, I see it. I see it. Like every time you see somebody, you're like, I, I get it get every single one like even alan when they first announced seth rogan was gonna be alan the alien i was like am i gonna like the the idea of seth rogan be alan the alien I'm like hell yeah i am this you were hearing great. a laugh in your, in your head like oh no not this not this what, <laughs> when i heard about it i was like he's perfect because i love alan the alien he's my favorite character maybe. alan's one of my favorite yeah. like characters in the entire comic oh he was my fave too yeah yeah he did seem toned down which i appreciated too in this one so yeah and he's one of the producers i think yeah well. i think yeah he's at least like an executive like, producer he clearly loves one. the property he's oh yeah oh yeah he's he's been producing he's, a lot he, of stuff he did the boys too right produced this he did the yep. boys he's in the boys for like as a as a gag that's right yeah i remember um, that. he also did um preacher that's right one that he he did. He's also gonna do. He's also trying to produce a Darkwing Duck show right now. So that and he's doing Ninja Turtles. He's trying to produce everything he loves. You know what? Yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> hey okay. Seth. Hey Seth. Psst. Do Wanted and Kick Ass. <laughs> Please. Ah, those ships have sailed. I know. Put him on. A sh- make him a show. I don't. Show. I don't think we need more Kick Ass. Yeah, but I will say that like Stephen Yen, you know, fresh off his Oscar nomination, you get this role here too, and he's really, really good. Like he's. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, he's got that right youthful energy to play Invincible, where he's he's charming, he's naive, but he's not stupid kind of thing. It's it's he's just such a likable character. When I was just watching the show, and I was just like, man, how come they never got him to voice Spider Man? <laughs> he he would have been so good. <laughs> <That'd> be great. <laughs> 
But, well, Mark you know, Grayson is pretty be, much Peter Parker. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. He's so yeah. he's such a great character, or uh, he's he's so good at it that I would for, I've compl- I completely forgot he was like a, a, a an adult kind right. of thing. Like the actual mm-hmm. actor is this grown man, but like yeah. every time I heard him talk as Mark, I'm like that's a teenager, and he and he keeps he nails it, it. that voice that that voice with it even during some of the more tense situations like some people tend to accidentally drop that sort of thing it's like but no mm-hmm. he has it the whole way through i was gonna say the he, same for uh zazie beats as amber and gillian jacobs as eve they both bring like kind of a youthful i know everybody had the brita jokes but <laughs> even i was like hey look it's brita <laughs> she didn't brita it up, she didn't so brita good. it's you know? nice to see gillian jacobs in something good for a change because he's kind of just like not done a lot for a few years you know? anytime there's a community alumni on something i gotta root for him Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Agreed. That, that's my jam. So I will say though, Me the too. only character I wasn't crazy about, not because of the actress, but I just don't like Amber in this yeah, show. Let's get into See, it. This comes up a lot. Let's get into it. <laughs> what I, whatever could you be referring to? I, yeah, I let's I, yeah, since since you've opened this can of worms, we're gonna go into it. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna say I'm gonna say my feelings real quick because I'm gonna be the least harsh on Amber in the entire thing. Is that I got Amber at first because she's this she's this character who's very smart, yeah. and then she she breaks up with Mark for for what I thought was a decent reason originally, mm-hmm. but then the last episode happens and then it's like why would you get back together with him? Yeah, <laughs> After, that should have yeah. solidified your yeah. explanation. It's high school, <laughs> you know how these high schoolers are. <laughs> they improved Amber's character and that she's a far more competent and and intelligent character. Sure, she has more depth. I would say more intelligent, and yet her storyline is. She comes off as a lot more petty, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, than the Amber in the comic. In the comic, she thought Mark was a drug dealer <laughs> because he kept disappearing, which is yeah. a much more like normal reason to be confused as to why your boyfriend keeps running off. So it, it you know, like you, you're willing to forgive her for like shit like that, but when you, when she knows, then it's like, well, why are you being like this then? Yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah, she yeah she goes into like, oh yeah, I I knew blah blah blah. You're still a piece of shit, and I'm like, but. That's not how it... I get it, but, you know, you should still give the boy a chance. He's only, what, 15, 16? How old did they say he was? 17. Yeah. 17? They're like 17? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you add that to, the, like, William's another one. They give him one characteristic that he kind of comes to way later in the comic, but he's still a shallow dick. I'm glad they made him gay from the start, though. I, I will say I did, like, there was one scene where, like, cause I always get mad whenever, like, the the best friend gets kidnapped and doesn't get to hit the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. So that's when they rectified that. They're, they finally let the best friend get some licks in. So I appreciate Yeah. He, <laughs> dude, William was great. Yeah. I, I, and again, that's like, that's no diss to Zazie Beats because I thought she played the role really well and they clearly redesigned the character to look like her in the show. Right. Here. But I just wish that they had gone, like, it would have been a very easy fix to improve Amber from what they wanted to do. And, you know, I would also say, Second season, maybe they could fix her if they don't have her with Mark anymore. Oh, yeah. Like, make her her own character to stand out. I think that would actually improve her a lot going forward. Mm-hmm. I like where your head's That's at. the thing about Amber is that, like, if the, if she had left and or she, like, broke up with him and then that was the end of it, and I, I think no one would have had this argument about her. Mm-hmm. No. Or, or no. people would have brought it up, but wouldn't it have been as hard as it is, especially because of a line that she says when she goes back to him because you're like that is the stupidest fucking thing i've ever heard anybody say about this sort of like this is such an insane situation that that's what you're gonna say i don't even want to say what it was because it ruins like the final episode but it's it's such a weird fucking thing for anyone to tell anyone for that i I know exactly what you're talking about and i agree there's there's lots of other good stuff in this show like 
almost as good as the main plot stuff, there's just lots of great little subplot moments from even just one-off bits. Like, I love John Hamm's cameo for the little bits he has in the first and second episode. Oh, he was awesome. Yeah, that the weird thing that that actually had an arc that paid off, I'm like, that's kind of brilliant, and I love it. But also, two dudes, well, okay, two dudes, certainly one dude who stole the show for me. I love the freaking Mahler twins. Oh, man. They are oh, awesome. God. Yes. <laughs> best. Yes. Best villains ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, anytime they showed up, I'm just like, oh, I just want to hear Kevin Michael Richardson just say more things. He's well, like, Run the Jewels <laughs> plays in the background. It's just... They're almost not villains. I mean, you just kind of enjoy them so much. Yeah, they're just oh, dudes. They're such an interesting concept. Like, a guy who clones himself and then they don't know who is the clone so they just have arguments with each other i'm the original and it's just really funny (laughs) oh yeah just anytime they cut back to them i'm just like oh good stuff here we go (laughs) but yeah they're great zachary quinto and all the stuff with the team team is great zachary quinto as robot gave me spock vibes gave me spock flashbacks Mm -hmm. so i'm sure that's why he was cast yeah like hey you're gonna do a robotic voice come here (laughs) oh yeah and that goes to some weird places but kind of cool weird places that i really dug Speaking of Walking Dead alumni on the show, Ross Marquand pops up a lot. He's been getting a lot of voice acting creds lately because he's so great at doing impressions. So I was really impressed to see him step into the limelight finally as his own character. I want to give it away, but he, he shows up near near the end and he, he has a really, really good story. And so. you and you have a, a, a veteran voice actor, one of the best of them, Mark Hamill, taking a relatively minor role. Yeah, Mark Hamill's the, the greatest. Yeah, he plays Art, who's really good. And Walton Goggins, holy Cecil? He's like, great. Dude, oh, he holy shit. I never would have thought of him as Cecil originally, but when it happens, I'm just like, I can't unsee, I can't unhear it. Which is funny, he plays all these Weasley characters, so it's finally funny to see him play like a superior. Like a competent guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's so much about the show that I want to talk about, but there's so much that... If we do, it's... Yeah, we'll be spoiling the shit out of this. Oh, yeah. No, I, I want people to go in as fresh as possible. Like, I mean, we've hinted at people and scenes and that stuff, but you guys aren't prepared for some of the places this goes. Because I'm going to say, once again, this show is violent. TVMA. Like, yeah, that's the thing I'll, I will, I'll keep saying is that there's so much blood in this. Yeah, and it's not just the blood. It's the, it's the viscera. It's the gore. It's the dismembered limbs. And what's amazing about the character is he doesn't remain scot-free from killing, but... Oh, no. He... He always has the higher value. I mean, he doesn't lose that cherishing of, of life, where so many characters around him could care less about multitudes that are slaughtered. Right. And he's it, never that character. And, it's, and that's one of, part of his charm. It goes back to, you know, the Spider-Man motif, great power, great responsibility. Right. Mark Grayson is the living embodiment of that. He's like, look, I got these powers. I got to do something with it. <laughs> you know, it, I, I didn't. I'm, I'm happy I got it, but I didn't expect it to be this hard. And speaking of gore, there is a scene in episode 8, the finale. I think you guys know, it's probably one of the most Ooh, fucked yeah. up scenes I've seen on the show in a while. And I was like, holy shit, you can do that? <laughs> I had to warn my girlfriend to look away. I said, you're going to look away. Yeah, yeah I think the here. only show that was close to that for me was Primal. In the final, the well, the fifth episode of that one where you just saw like the most violent crap. And this was pretty close to that one. So. Yeah, the thing is, I, I'm such a big fan of the comic, and so is Mark, and as was mm-hmm. so Marco, but I oh, was not no. prepared for episode. I thought I was prepared for episode eight. I was not oh, prepared. No for one was. It, did, it gave me pause too. Like, I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. I didn't expect that, but I should have. It's yeah. so brutal, and like, it's that's the thing is that it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about only uh, some of it only because it's an argument that a lot of people are you may hear from some people, which is that episode 8 is too violent but i think the thing about episode 8 is that without spoiling anything it's violent it's that violent because it's trying to 
it, it, it wants mm -hmm. you to be sick from what's happening the same yeah. way the same way mark is and the, and it's very much this character trying to prove a point so much that he's nonchalant about it which makes it that much more horrifying yeah it, it doesn't fetishize the violence even though you think it it must be doing it with all that's going on quite the opposite yeah, which i think I'll, I'll wind down with final thoughts but i want to capitalize on that point because that's actually one thing i really like about this show compared to even the boys and some other shows like that, that yes where... which does fetishize violence <laughs> yeah that one is just like oh look how gory this could be heads exploding and people being vaporized this one i feel like it like you said the violence is used for a purpose it's used to make a point but it doesn't also do it all the time like there's lots of other stuff yeah. happening to space out the really violent moments and i think that makes it more affecting that way too but yeah, I think this is, it, it was one of those things where I wasn't crazy about the first episode at first, because the stuff they did to pad out the the way they wrote the story was a little generic, a little basic. But then once it hit the tilt, you know, that, 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 that inciting instant to start things off properly, then it got infinitely better and better and better every episode. Aside from the animation errors, not liking Amber so much. Otherwise, yeah, I, I overall really dug this. I think it has room to improve for season two, which... It's already been greenlit for two more seasons. Yes. So we're going to see more of yes. this. Yeah. I'm so uh, happy. Yeah, but I enjoyed this. i definitely be willing to try to watch more of this again. I am going to give this 8 out of 10 of the best memes for Think Mark Think. <laughs> think Mark. <laughs> Marco, how about you? Man, guys, I fucking love this show. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I love this show so much. Like, when I first got, because I remember, like I said, reading the comic, and I think there's like a little brief MTV, like short way back in the day, they had like some CGI effects, but just seeing it, oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. look, it's like 2000 or something, but yeah, just seeing, oh, yeah. seeing the show in full and seeing these characters come to life and the voice cast, man, I just, I, I fell in love with it. The violence was just beautiful. <laughs> it was <laughs> J.K. Simmons is awesome. Uh, Stephen Young, everybody just fantastic. Um, like you guys said, the animation was a little weird and Amber did get a little grating, but I don't want to say it's a fresh story to the story we've seen before, but it's an origin story we haven't seen in this manner. This much maturity with this much you know, heart. You know, we, we talked about the bombs a lot, but there's a lot of heart in the show. There's a lot of emotion with the family dynamic, the boyfriend-girlfriend dynamics, and trying to find your place when you're the son of the world's strongest superhero. So I just, I thought it was just something, it was like, just like how the show splatters blood, it was just like a punch to the face for me for comic books. It was just like, after, no diss to the Marvel Disney shows, I love them to death, but this was just something. Yeah, I get some disses on those ones. Yeah, I'm not on that review, <laughs> so I will keep my thoughts to myself. But, <laughs> you know, this was just something that I feel like we the, we needed right now, and like, it's the hottest show of the year. What can I say? It's just some of the f most fun you'll have this year watching the show. I'm I'm going all in. I'm giving this 10 out of 10 telepathic thoughts with Alan the Alien. <laughs> oh, damn. Nice. Awesome. 10 out of 10s. I love hearing those. So, Mark. Okay. Uh, let me get my points out here because I, I wrote down. He's got notes. I'll tell you right now, <laughs> I was struggling to find a negative with this. Yes. Yeah, I, I was. I w and you guys gave me one. So thanks for that. <laughs> Uh, just honestly, one it didn't bother me because honestly they played games like we said before with the comic art and the comic and i would not be shocked if they were doing that on purpose although probably they weren't who are we kidding that being said the animation is interesting it's deceptively simple i'm talking about the foreground animation now it looks crude 
but it's not and it's it is so much like the artwork the style of ryan otley and cory walker i've been a fan of this book for almost 20 years and this show delivered all the charm the twists because it's a very twisty show mm-hmm. and all the beautiful characterization it was poetry to watch i i could not have been happier i'll stop the rage uh ray fest by saying this gets nine and a half duplicates Ah, yeah. <laughs> there probably are some half somewhere too. And, which, and I thought about that, and yeah, that totally makes sense, doesn't it, guys? <laughs> All right, Mike. The show is one of the best shows on television. It's probably my number one thing in 2021 right now. Wow. Agreed. Yeah, I, I I agree with Justin. The animation has some issues with it. There's some moments that almost get you taken out because of the way it's animated. But it's so everything else is so well animated so beautiful and the music oh god the, the soundtrack music. yes it's so good yeah. the soundtrack is so good this it. thing that i i just want to own everything that's on it like all, all the voice cast is amazing mm-hmm. like everybody was brings their a game and there's gonna be two there's so much setup in this season that's gonna that's hopefully will pay off later on down the line and i'm so so excited I would have to give it nine, nine out of ten times. I hope, and I know they're never going to do it, that they would animate the Spider-Man and the Tick crossovers for it. <laughs> that costs money. Yeah, it's funny because the Spider-Man ones like within actual continuity and everything. That's what's always like amazing to me. That this this thing was so niche for so long that one of the only things I ever saw ever ever referenced this comic book was King of the Hill. Oh. There's a sing- there's an episode of King of the Hill where Bobby's reading a copy of it. Oh, yeah. oh my god. And there's like a, there's like a, an invincible looking figure of Mr. Strickland and his son has. Shout out to Mike Judge. And it's just like it's crazy. Yeah, like yeah, shout out to Mike Judge for also being a big fan of that thing. Now I want to see Hank Hill in the next season of Invincible. <laughs> Dang it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, Mark, you're supposed to use propane. It's an invincible. Ventrum <laughs> and Ventrum accessories. Splash. 